Greetings and welcome to Marriage Talk. We're glad that you can join us again today. Um, we hope this is equipping you for those who are wanting to get married and for those who are already married. We've been discussing topics that are bringing us closer to understanding how we can do marriage. Uh, we hope this is helping you and we hope you are excited uh, just like the way I am excited to uh, join in this marriage talk. We've been speaking about a couple of things. The, the last two podcasts, we spoke about uh, the guilt in marriage and we spoke about, you know, in-laws and, you know, about having uh, different people that are connected to you in marriage. Uh, this uh, podcast, we're going to do something different. But before we start off, uh, over to you, Apostle. Thank you, Lucy. Uh, I don't think that we are perfect in our marriage and we know everything about marriage and so we are here trying to teach everybody how to do marriage right. But we do have a manual in the scripture. Our role model of what marriage should be like is not the world, it is not our community, it is not culture. It is what God has prescribed for us in his word. And we take the word very literally, you know, and that's our role model and that's where we take inspiration and help from. And so at no point should you look at any of us and think that we've got it all figured out and we have all the answers and, and we are here trying to give you all of the answers that we have. That's not true. We are all here trying to search scriptures to understand how to do relationship better. God is the author of relationships. God is the author of marriage. He's the one who instituted marriage. Amen. So we are all here trying to figure out how to do this well and how to do it in a way that really pleases, honors and glorifies God. Thank you, Apostle Praji, for bringing that. Um, I'm The topic that we're going to talk about this time is going to be on communication in marriage. But I, I'm just going to draw as to why I want to talk about that because the last time we did a podcast, we spoke about uh, you know the guilt in marriage and you brought up something very beautiful you spoke about how when before we can communicate with our spouses how we need to first take that conversation to god mm -hmm. and then you know how we can bring it in front of our spouses and how it can be more effective or rather how it can be more soothing because we know we've mm -hmm. received help from god and that was beautiful uh, in my 15 years of marriage i've not practiced that but i do intend on doing that mm -hmm. and so the first question coming on communication is how and why is communication important in marriage because you know we spoke about how we need to speak to god but at the same time how and why is it important even you know in a marriage setup i think um, if we get communication right if we can figure out how to communicate well and figure out how to communicate in a manner that really expresses what's happening within us and it's also a language that your spouse can understand then i think a, a good 80 to 90 percent of struggle in marriage will be over because the one reason why we have misunderstandings is because we've not learned to communicate effectively We've not understood each other's languages. We've not understood each other's perspectives or we've not understood uh, the background that one person comes from. And that's why if we can get communication right, then it can sort out so many of the issues because most times a disagreement or a fight or a, a lack of oneness, it comes because there is 
no agreement at a very foundational level see when we walk with god when we want to grow in intimacy with god what's the first thing that we tell somebody go and spend time in prayer why because prayer is communication prayer is you speaking to god and you're also letting god speak to you mm. and that's the way to build and develop intimacy with god now yes you can develop intimacy with god through other things as well but there's nothing that can replace the power and the place of prayer in a christian's life yeah. and the same thing is communication in a marriage that is if we skip communication if we uh, deprioritize communication in marriage then we can be sure that this will be a dead marriage it will be a marriage with no uh, permanent results it will be a marriage which is not going anywhere and that is why communication is very essential and communication is key it is foundational it is basic now if the goal of marriage is oneness because that's what god said yeah. uh, that they leave the father and the mother and come together and they become one, one flesh if that oneness is the goal of marriage then that oneness requires for exchange of ideas exchange of emotions exchange of thought processes exchange of what each person is going through and in that exchange is that oneness forged and, and that's why it is uh, so vital that every couple every married couple even those that are unmarried and are working towards marriage that they have a high priority for communication and they learn how to communicate well and they learn how to communicate in a way that the spouse or the partner they understand they they are able to uh, perceive what you're trying to say because see you know if i try to speak to you right now in a language that you don't know no matter how much you respect me or how much you value me you are going to go out of here very confused you are going to be wondering if i really said something that is going to uh, be for your benefit or not you know i can be talking the most the bestest things about you and yet you will go out of here very confused very uh, upset or frustrated that you didn't understand anything that i'm trying to tell you and that's the same thing about marriage you know you, it's not like uh, the husband or the wife they have a negative intention towards their spouse but if the way we communicate the language that we use to communicate if the a uh, way that we express what we are really feeling and going through if that is not in line with what the spouse is going to understand how they perceive certain words and certain things then uh, you failed in communication and that's where i would definitely recommend the book uh, the five love languages to everybody because um, gary chapman the author of this book he talks about how different people have different love languages and you need to learn to speak those particular languages so in other words these uh, languages these are not just in words some of them can be used with words but most often it's not just words it's uh, so many things that go along to be able to communicate what you're feeling and what you're going through to your spouse and if we can get that right i think that we have uh, set ourselves in motion for a very strong foundation for our marriages wow so are you saying that it is important to figure this out before marriage 
like say for example if there are two people coming together uh, in marriage but if they've not been able to identify or if they've not been able to understand what this love language of one another is before marriage mm. and then they enter into marriage mm. do you think it it can be uh, destructive or can just bring a little bit of stress in the marriage later on or can this be figured out even after getting married i think that uh, every one of us we communicate differently in different seasons of marriage different seasons of our life there is a season when we are single there is a season when we don't have any company around us and there is a way we communicate at that time and then there is a way that we communicate when we are surrounded by the sounds of our children <laughs> and there is so much happening around us and the way we communicate at that time may be completely different the way that we communicate at a season when you're going through some struggles or pain or sickness is going to be completely different you know if you just observe somebody in your home that you love and you journey closely with you will know that when they are sick they are a completely different personality yeah. and when they are happy they are a completely different personality so if you just say that okay i i learned this person i figured communication before marriage and i've done my job well then you've got it wrong because communication is something that we have to keep working on in every season of marriage in in other words we have to learn to adapt and grow in every season to understand what is my spouse speaking right now how is he communicating right now what are his needs and what is he or she feeling right now and how can my communication help and meet that particular need usually our goal of communication is just to express what we are feeling and what we are going through but have you thought about how to communicate in a way that it meets that it actually satisfies or quenches the need that your spouse has wow. you know even your spouse is yeah. going through discouragement even she is going through uh, so many mind attacks and battles within herself or himself how can your communication also help into provide answers and solutions and comfort and strength for your spouse when when we think of communication as something that hey i i feel like this or i think like this it's just about expressing my viewpoint then i think that we are not looking at communication in its full picture communication is not only to express yourself it is also so that your communication can be used by the lord to help heal and bring answers and solutions if you read the book of proverbs it's full of scriptures of how one wise word one sentence spoken from a kind heart spoken from a gentle place yeah. it can heal someone else it can bring solutions it can bring answers to someone else so it's necessary that you look at communication not just as something you use to uh, tell others tell your spouse what you need but you also look for ways to meet your spouse's need and that is why we have to learn to evolve in every season so if you're not yet married you have to learn to understand what is your fiance going through right now after marriage you have to study your spouse in every season not just be so focused on yourself but study your spouse in every season and and accordingly you will learn to communicate and communicate better if 
you're so self-obsessed that you're more aware of your feelings and what you're going through than what your spouse is going through, then you wouldn't be able to communicate in the manner that God wants us to communicate. And that's why Jesus said, don't judge, you know, judge yourself first. You know, don't judge one another, but you judge yourself. So what you're doing is not to point fingers and say, I, I didn't get this uh, from you or I didn't, uh, you know, get this help. You're, you're, you're trying to look at, okay, how can I help my spouse? How mm -hmm. can I use my words to encourage and build and strengthen my spouse? And such a communication, such a conversation will also have that part where you open up your vulnerable side and you say that, you know, I, I feel uh, this part of my life is not met because of whatever we've been going through. Uh, there is definitely space for you to express your vulnerability, your failures, your struggles. But if it's only that, then it can be a very draining thing in that relationship because... Can you imagine having a friend who talks only about himself or herself, mm. you know, only about what they are going through yeah. and they have no clue about what, you know, you are going through or they have no clue about what you need. And that's a communication or that's a friendship that you wouldn't really want to carry on all through your yeah. life because that's almost a one-sided communication mm. or a one-sided friendship. And that's why marriage and communication in marriage uh, the goal cannot just be myself. It cannot just be what I am going through, what I am feeling. It has to be also how can my communication bless and encourage my spouse. And that's why we have to learn to evolve and, and grow in every season of our marriage. Yes. For those who are watching, I, I think that if when we spoke about communication, you would have thought about how am I going to help myself in communicating. But I'm loving the turn this conversation is taking because... This is not focusing on me, yeah. on, you know, how I can build my skills, but this is focusing on more how I can build each, how we can build each other. Mm. And I'm loving that it's not just me centric, mm. you know, it is us centric. Yeah. And um, even in silence, you can communicate like, like yeah. I, I loved what you spoke about um, Gary Chapman, you know, he spoke about the love languages mm. and it spoke about you give an example of how it doesn't need to be words. words. It can just be observing one yeah. another, understanding, mm. you know, what it is that. Mm. And I, I really love that when it's not me-centric and when it's us-centric. Um, that was so beautiful, Apostle Priji. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about is, you know, the dead spaces that are there in marriage. Mm. Sometimes these dead, dead spaces come because... There may be arguments, misunderstandings, fights, or just, um, you know, over a period of time where you feel like you're not being understood. Mm. And so you just turn to shut down. Mm. And, you know, the other one feels they're not being heard. Or how do you get over these dead spaces? How do you break out of, uh, you know, just being like, it's just being passive aggressive, basically. Yeah. How do you get out of that? How do you break I think that that's a, a huge poison in marriage. If there is a lack of communication and if there is a place you've reached where you're not able to communicate or you're not being understood and you or you do, you've lost the desire to communicate now yeah. because of all that you've gone through as a, a married couple and you've reached a place where you don't have the 
drive to communicate at all then this will become a bitterness which will poison your marriage and and hurt it permanently and that's why you have to treat it like something that requires urgent attention mm-hmm. you can't let it just go on and on and on um, the bible actually says don't let your son go down on anger you know make sure to resolve it before the end of the day and there are certain things that requires more than a day but it still requires for you to bring down your anger you know bring down your conversation to a place that you say okay i don't completely agree with you but let's settle this for now and we'll revisit the conversation at a later point and you're still able to work with each other you're still able to serve each other you're still able to love each other even when there is a point of contention even when there is a point of disagreement even when there is a point where you don't completely understand each other well and it's okay to do that because we are not like machines that will have a one one stop fits for everything that you just load a particular software and everything will get sorted we we are human beings and some of us have very complicated emotions and and personalities and ways of expressing things and it is going to be a process it's going to be a journey to really work on every aspect of our lives and that's why even when you don't have solutions we have to learn to kill that dead space that we don't allow that foothold for the enemy to come in and sow a negative word to sow a negative seed before the enemy can begin to tell your spouse that they are not loved anymore or that they are not wanted in this marriage anymore you have to be the one to keep speaking god's heart to your wow. spouse where wow. you tell them hey you know what i may not understand all of this i may not agree with you 100% uh, this is not what i have been taught and this is not what i have believed all this while uh, but the truth of the matter is still that i love you and i believe that it is god who brought us together you're speaking the heart of god upon your marriage you're wow. speaking the mind of god you you may not even feel like saying these things but these are truths yeah what stops you from communicating or confessing a truth to yeah. your spouse you know yeah. and uh, you may not even understand why your spouse is behaving in a certain way but you can still speak life because life and death are in the power of your tongue yeah and if you can continue to speak life even in Uh, a dead end or even when you are in that deadlock in that dead space you communicate life and then based on that relationship that is formed you revisit the conversations again and again and again till you have your breakthrough till you have your answers see the challenge with a lot of people is that we develop a sense of bitterness or contempt in our heart because of communication that are uh from very negative spaces one particular example that i can think of is uh, david and michael the bible says that when david was dancing before the lord his his clothes fell off and he he danced in a very um undignified, undignified manner and michael the bible says she despised him in her heart in first chronicles if you read the same story in first chronicles it says she despised him in her heart and because she despised him in her heart as soon as she saw him the first words that she began to speak is words of contempt is words of bitterness is words that were accusatory and now there is a 
dead space that's developing in their marriage. Now David said, if this is what you really believe, then I don't want you. Then I don't want to be with you. And the next verse it says, after that Michael never had any children, mm. which means their physical intimacy, their yeah. spiritual intimacy, their um, emotional intimacy, everything broke from that Whoa. point. Wow. Because this lady, she developed the negative feelings in her heart and she began to express it in a way that will quench the man of God, will mm. quench the king. Now, I understand her feelings. I understand what she is asking. She is saying, I don't want the young woman in our nation to see what <laughs> only I can see yeah. or what only I should be seeing. Yeah. You know, that that's completely logical. What she's expecting is... She did have a point. She did have a point. And yet, the way she expressed it with so much contempt and so much, you know, bitterness, that is what shut that door. That is oh. what caused that dead space to now develop. Now, that dead space brought a complete stop in the marriage, you know, oh. a complete disconnect in the marriage. This was a dysfunctional marriage after that point because wow. they stayed married. Like Michael didn't leave the house or David didn't kick her out. You know, David still continued to provide for all of her needs. Mm. And yet there was no relationship. Mm. It was a dysfunctional relationship mm. because the communication broke down because of the way that one person communicated. Now, on the other hand, if I'm talking about David's side, David could have at that point been a little more kinder and gentle and generous and trying to lead her to the Lord, lead her to understand why he's doing what he's doing. And uh, I, I think that David could have handled it better. Mm -hmm. And yet David said, okay, if this is what you are going to attack, if this is how you're going to speak to me, then I'm closing my heart. I'm closing mm -hmm. my doors. I'm closing my relationship to you. And I think that uh, we have to be very careful of how we respond to bitterness, how we respond to hurts, how we respond to harsh words. I mean, no one is perfect, right? Exactly. We will all have our weak moments yes. where we say things that are hurtful. We will all have our moments when we say things that we regret for the next five years. Can you imagine if somebody like an anointed man of God like David who is now holding that against you for the next whole life, saying, you said this so on this day, on the day which is the most amazing, most anointed, most glorious day in Israel, this is what you said about me. And he's now holding it against his wife mm. because of which the marriage broke down. On the other hand, this is the guy who is after the heart of God. Yeah. He could have brought healing in the marriage. Yeah. He could have brought healing in the relationship. Okay. And yet he chose to just withdraw and allow that dead space to come in. So I think we have to learn the art of uh, communicating and we have to learn the art of responding to negative communication. We have to learn the art of not allowing that extra space in marriage. All of us need our space. Sometimes we need time to process what we're going through and you know, you may take a day or two just to just be a little more quieter than usual and to just process and come back. That's all right. But as soon as this uh, processing becomes bitterness and contempt and despise towards your spouse and now you're, you're just withdrawing and you're, you're pulling away from your spouse every time, then 
you're allowing the enemy to creep in you're giving too much space and it's just a matter of time before the enemy will start taking advantage of it and that's why this is a poison that we cannot take lightly if we allow it to just wander around unattended that we allow it to happen too many times in a yeah. uh, course of a year or a course of a month or a course of a week too many times there is this uh, dead spaces that is that's coming in the communication then uh, we are in a very dangerous place from what i understand is um you know like the world says it takes two hands to clap well in in the example that you've given it did take two hands to it clap did. however it it can even make a difference if one of them could have chosen to communicate differently yeah. so very often we point fingers at our spouses saying that you could have done it better you could have you could have said it like this or you could have said it like that however what is it that you are doing to make it mm. better yeah. so that's what i understand that even though it does take sometimes two hands to clap one person can make a change one person sure. can make a difference you know and as much as we are talking about all these amazing ways in which we can communicate and the understanding that we can get in communicating do you think there are also conversations or communications that we have that can just kill certain uh, you know beautiful settings of having communication like for example they just call conversation killers mm. do you think things like that mm. you know are there and and they can diffuse a certain kind of sparks that are there you know absolutely i, I think that what uh, what david did was a conversation killer mm-hmm. that yeah. it could have been a start of a conversation uh, when when michael came and she said you know all these accusatory things david could have started a conversation with what was expressed instead he chose to just shut the doors just build a stone wall around his heart yeah. and said no more uh, so i think that there are many things that can be conversation killers is the responses that you give sometimes the way we defend ourselves you know we are too defensive every time something is pointed out to us you know at least men have this tendency to defend everything they think that it's a personal attack yeah. and i think it's been a personal struggle for me whenever my spouse would say something to me i my first response is to immediately defend and prove that i am right and then to go back and see if oh wait she did have a point uh, this was an issue this was a struggle this this was real and then i'd be thinking man then why did i open up with first defending myself and that defensive conversation that can be a conversation killer that can stop communication that can immediately hurt and kill uh, the growth of that marriage the growth of that conversation um, another thing i feel that really uh, kills communication is if you are constantly and always critical always cynical always doubtful always uh, you know using words that are suspicious you know always second guessing every decision your spouse is making and if you are always negative in your communication after a while it just begins to go so deep that the other person wouldn't really want to communicate anything more yeah. because as soon as you say something you know how and what is going to be the response in, in scripture it says in proverbs chapter 21 verse 9 it says it's better to live in the corner of a roof than to share a house with a <laughs> nagging wife 
because the author of this uh, proverb he's saying that if a person is constantly negative constantly nagging constantly quarrelsome constantly contentious then that atmosphere is not livable anymore so i i don't even want to share that space be in that atmosphere give me a corner in the roof <laughs> not even in the house yeah. on the roof give me a small corner in the roof i'll live there alone <laughs> than to have a lavish house lavish place uh, to to stay with a nagging wife now just to drive this point what your wife may be saying or what your husband may be saying may be valid may be real may be worth noting worth doing and yet the way it is communicated if it is not uh, with a lot of grace if it is not with a lot of love if it is not spoken with salt you know in the new testament you know the apostle paul says let your conversations be seasoned with salt you know which means it's not just raw it is not tasteless what mm. does salt do yeah, salt adds flavor, adds, flavor yeah. adds taste to your conversation so when it is seasoned when it is flavored that conversation that uh, thing that you're trying to communicate it will actually be received well mm. you know what's the point if you're able to communicate but the other person doesn't want to take it mm. at all the other person doesn't want to eat your meal you've cooked a lavish meal but you've not added salt and the other person just doesn't want to even smell or touch or eat it what's mm. the point of cooking such a yeah. lavish meal yeah. the ultimate point of communication is to communicate to your spouse get your message across let your spouse know how you feel about him or her let your spouse know how you feel about yourself as well and if you're doing it in a way that is constantly negative then that can become a communication killer yeah. that can really quench another person's spirit and i think that we have to be very careful how to uh, speak our best role model is jesus yeah jesus the way that he spoke to his critics the way that he spoke to his disciples the way that he spoke to uh, the people that didn't have a relationship with him it's so amazing it's so much uh, insightful because he would speak to someone like a woman at the well who was in total uh, brokenness she's had failed marriages she's gone through a lot of heartache the way that he spoke to her it healed her heart it just helped her to come out of it and you know put her trust completely in the lord the way that he would speak to a pharisee like nicodemus mm. in the middle of the night yeah. it caused him to go back and now become an advocate for jesus to his colleagues mm. the way that jesus would speak to his disciples and teach them and train them these guys became uh, world changers after the time of jesus communication is everything you can either make your spouse or you can break your oh, spouse wow. with your communication oh, wow. life or death both are in your hands yeah. how do you communicate it is going to build an atmosphere in your home please remember your children are going to imitate your communication style so whatever you say however you speak to your spouse is how your children are going to speak to you yeah if you're arrogant and rude and uh critical and cynical in your communication to your spouse please wait and watch how your children are going to pick it up and before you know they'll start doing the same thing to you wow and that's the part that we don't want to 
yeah. face yeah. you know we can take it when it's coming from a spouse but when children begin to learn the same thing it's a very dangerous place and that's why we have to uh, learn to keep negativity out of communication Love we can it. we can actually speak truth and speak it in love yeah i love how you spoke about you know bringing flavor mm. because um imagine having a conversation with no flavor yeah. i mean we know of people who are so much fun to mm. talk to mm. but suddenly when everything gets serious the fun is out of the window mm. similar with marriage right mm. i mean you know that your your conversations can be fun mm. they can be interesting they can add flavor mm. but suddenly because it's a conversation because it's a confrontation everything gets so serious and we forget about having fun in marriage yeah. you know and that is something that even our kids can pick up yeah. like if they've noticed that you know my husband and i have fun mm. in the conversations that we have even if it's a serious conversation there's yeah. there's nothing wrong with yeah. with you know cracking a joke now and then i'm i'm sure jesus had that with his mm. disciples mm. he was not a very serious man as much as we have portrayed him to be yeah. but yeah. he was a fun person yeah. i mean i enjoyed this conversation apostle thank, thank you, you so much i think that these questions are very important for us to ask ourselves and to just go back and uh meditate on ourselves and inspect ourselves and study ourselves and see what pattern of communication do i have that is hurting my spouse which is self obsessed mm. or which is a conversation killer mm. or what areas of my life am i communicating in a way that it is filled with contempt towards mm. my spouse yeah. and am i loving my feelings to take the better of me and i'm not speaking truth i'm only speaking my feelings Uh, if we can just go back and inspect ourselves yeah. introspect ourselves yeah. uh, and make ourselves a little better in our communication you know till the next time we catch up again yes that would be amazing thank you apostle i love the conversation this is something i'm going to implement from now on like i i just don't want to be a fun person in general i want to be a fun person in my marriage mm. and uh, i want to bring flavor yeah. to my marriage and so much of what you know gold that you spilled on the table today we hope we can all catch that and walk with it and you know get better in our communication and marriage thank you for watching for those who have tuned in thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed this conversation if you do have questions like we said before please do write to us we would love to inculcate those questions in our next conversations until the next time we we will see you again Thank you.